Blog Talk Radio. Studios, we're shaking all over the place in the west suburbs of Indianapolis. Hey, but it looks like we missed some of the worst weather. Thoughts and prayers go out to a lot of people who have been dealing with the, these weather issues and tornadoes and that sort of stuff. I, I know that we're some a little bit south of us, and then we thought we were going to get some bad ones, but it didn't happen. But hey, we're ready to rock and roll. We have so much to talk about this weekend. Tomorrow or today is the Xfinity Series in the uh, to- uh, Toyota Care 250 at Richmond International Speedway. And then also we have the Final Four games. Dun, dun, dun. If you're still alive and you're in bracket in the Final Four, you are among a very few. And I have one uh, I have one team that is still alive, and that's Villanova. We'll see what happens there. Of course, the IndyCar's back in action at Fort Worth in the PG-375. NASCAR hits uh, Richmond uh, again on su- Sunday afternoon in Toyota Owners 400. But Monday night, it is here. It is the NCAA championship game. We've been talking about it and building up to it. And, yeah, <sighs> crash and burn. Oh, by the way, baseball's back. That happened this week, too. So we'll talk about that. Coming up next, standing by in the balance green room, Adam Jividen, a super Brown fan, super duper Cavs fan. Guardians fan, Ohio State Buckeye fan, our college football cohort, our go-to guy when things get rough in the storm, Mr. Adam Jividen. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network, 917-889 is our digits. Give us a call if you want to join the combo. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. 
the Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got it's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwah Piquet, which of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh and yeah, roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Younger guys make their debuts. 
Um, you referenced one of them last last night, Stephen Kwan. He was a rookie last year. Um, just he's just a good baseball player. Um, he doesn't hit the ball out of the park. He just slaps it around the ball field. The way that guys used to be like growing up. I remember watching like Craig Biggio. If you remember how he played, Tom, he'd have like three home runs on the season, and he'd look down. He's like at 175 hits every year or something like that. Like that's that's Quan's game. Uh, I want to see Oscar Gonzalez, uh, the left fielder, um, who was only 20 years old last year when he made his big league de- big league debut. I want to see him make some progressions. He have legit like superstar out of the ballpark potential. He just has to keep on improving. Last year he hit a lot of doubles high off the wall um, there in Cleveland, and, and you know just some more time in the weight room in the off season, refining his swing. You could turn those into home runs, and you know those can change change guys' career trajectory. Um, I, I, and, and I think for the for for the Guardians, one of the big things is staying healthy. Um, every year for the last several years, our ace uh, Shane Bieber has gotten hurt um, already. Tristan McKenzie, who's our number two pitcher, um, is on the shelf to start the season. He's out for the first eight weeks of the year, give or take. Um, so, yeah, I, I think what, what I'm looking for is, you know, last year they surprisingly won the division, um, and I think they can do it again. Uh, you know, we got Josh Bell from the Pirates in the offseason, who uh, Cardinals fans, as a former uh, Pittsburgh Pirate, you all know Josh Bell, that dude can hit the ball a mile. Um, so we're hoping to see him, you know, park a couple um, uh, out of out of the uh, the right field bleachers there in Cleveland. Um, but yeah, I, I think I just think for 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 us with the Guardians, the next logical step is maintain the division and let's see those players take take the next step. I think if they can just you know make the playoffs, win the division, and win a playoff series. That's that would be a massive season and a massive success for us. Well, we'll certainly see how it plays out. Obviously, very excited to see my Cardinals back in action. Uh, certainly, Yaliar Molina, uh, catcher, he is uh, he's, he's retired and he's gone. But Contria is out, the, the new guy, the new man up to take uh, the spot in, uh, catcher. And, you know, now we're going to be looking at that situation. He took a 103 mile hour pitch off the knee got a knee contusion. He's set to have a an, an MRI, so we'll see uh, how, how that happens. But uh, uh, so he he spent his first seven years with, with the career with the rival with the Cubs. He ain't them Cubs here in Cardinal Land. Uh, hate to, hate the strong work because there's so many people here in Indianapolis that love the Cubs. Uh, you know, I have a lot of colleagues that love Cubs fans, and we have a Chicago office, but big Cubby uh, people. So. You know, we'll show up some love, but, uh, you know, I still think that the Cardinals have it in them to win uh, the National League Central. I mean, we've got the Cubs, we've got the Brewers, who are just kind of so-so. The Reds, do we have anything to get excited about with the Reds? I don't see anything in my way at the beginning of the season that says we're not going to win the division, but it is just one game in. We get back in action today against the Blue Jays, and hopefully we'll be able to even up that that series with my Cardinals, with my Redbirds. But there's some other things going on this weekend. Oh, by the way, the Masters is next weekend too, buddy. So we'll talk about that maybe. But, hey, Final Four, San Diego State against what we would – now 
we can now proclaim them to be the Cinderella FAU. Uh, Dusty May from down in southern Indiana uh, is the head coach. You know, he was only 12 years old when the when the when the basketball or, or maybe he was just anyway. The basketball program's only been around since like 1988. So uh, it's going to be exciting to see that. And on the other side, we've got Miami and UConn. That's going to be a really good matchup. We've seen Miami, what they were able to do in that in that bracket where they were able to take down IU and Houston both. Of course, UConn is has really been a good team. This is a number four, number five matchup. San Diego State is wickedly good, and they've been under the radar all year long. I've got Villanova in this game. What say you, Adam Chibbeden? You have said Villanova twice. It's UConn, buddy. UConn. UConn. You're right. Different states. You're One's right. in Philadelphia. You know what? One's in Philly. Right. One's I'm in Hartford. It. <laughs> I, I'm reading it, and I'm saying it. I'm reading it, and I'm saying it. I'll take ownership for it. Yeah. Uh, Way to call me out on I my got... own show, sir. <laughs> hey, man, that's what I'm here oh, for. Yeah, I just don't, oh, I don't want people man. going, wait, what, where's Villanova? I didn't know they were in this. Um, no, I you know, know. I, I think I feel like UConn's kind probably, of the consensus probably, favorite probably, now. Probably because they're both Huskies. I think that's where I got it from. You well, know. but, but Villanova's the Wildcats. <laughs> no, because Villanova's the Wildcats. All right. Well, then I'm, I'm toast. Go ahead, go. Roll with it. Uh, UConn, I think, is the is is the pretty prohibitive favorite right now in the in the final four. I mean, it's the team that I would look at the most to go. Okay, they got this. Um, but this has been the weirdest tournament we've ever seen already. So. Uh, who, I mean, FAU may win the whole thing. I, I, I legitimately, I don't, I don't know that anybody has a clue, and I don't know how you can. So, I'm gonna go with UConn, but know that that pick is about as strong as someone putting money on the Reds to win the World Series. <laughs> um, there are people that are probably doing that as we speak. <laughs> well, and those, and those and people may as well just take that money and light it on fire. Yeah, yeah, no, the, the Reds are not – the Reds aren't even going to come – the Reds will be, like, enjoying the World Series the same as you and I from the comfort of our sofa at home. Um, but, I, you know, I I don't know. I've got UConn as the favorite for this game. I actually think UConn is the best team left in the field. Um, and I don't know that it's that it's that close. They also have the best coach, which in these situations can really pay off, you know. So I I think UConn's gonna gonna win this game and then to tip my hat, I think UConn's gonna win the, the championship on Monday, regardless of who they're playing against. Well, it's certainly uh, the uh, Final Four lineup like we've never seen before, and it, which I like. That's why we call it March Madness. And like it, 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 I mean, it, it's going to be a thrilling season. I mean, it's a championship. I almost said season finale, but okay. We'll go with that, too. Uh, but, uh, you know, the NCAA men's uh, basketball. But we, we talked about this earlier on, what is, what is going on with these teams. And let me – let me just throw something out there with you and tell me what your thoughts are. It doesn't necessarily have to pertain to basketball, but we'll 
we'll keep it around basketball because that's that's where we're at. Uh, but what what are your thoughts on this transfer portal? And uh, now that the college athletes are getting paid and making a ton of money, they're they're not college students anymore. It doesn't seem like, and, and I think the I still don't agree with it. I mean, I know that it it's there. It is what it is. We can't change it. But I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't get paid to go to college. I had to pay to go to college. So it's just, you know, it just, it, I, I get it. I understand the concept behind it. We don't want to jump down that rabbit hole. But what are your thoughts on how this is going to change the, the, the we look at the, the expansion of the Big Ten. We look at a lot of the yeah. other teams are going to be gobbled up by big uh, divisions. We're, we're going to look at the recruiting uh, change. You look at the college portal. You look at the paychecks. How's that going to change our March Madness as we know it? You know, I, as far as college basketball goes, I mean, I think I think what you're seeing is what's going to happen. I, I think every year the tournament is going to be a crapshoot. And, and I think more than that, Tom, personally, I think this will be cool once, like this time. After that, I don't know that it will be cool if every year we're not seeing the best teams in the tournament. In the, in the final four. Like, I'm not saying that you need the top four seeds. You don't want four number ones. But what we're having this year, I don't know that we want that over and over and over and over and over. Because, like, the point a chance, like, when you are the, like, I don't know that it, 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 it when you win the NF, the Super Bowl, for example, does the best team always win? No. Does the best team usually win? Or one of the best teams usually win? Yeah. I don't know that right now, at any given moment, the team that wins the NCAA tournament, you would have looked at at the beginning of the year and said, that is the, that's even a top 10 team. Maybe UConn, but they're the only one. Uh, and, and I think that I think it's going to have a larger impact on basketball than it will on football because one guy in basketball can change everything. Whereas football, you can have the best player uh, uh, in college football and it doesn't always win you the the championship, you know. Um, But, I mean, I I think with the NIL and and the transfer portal, the biggest thing that I've said for a long time is, is there needs to be guardrails on this from a national perspective. Um, states are right now allowed to choose how they want to regulate, and as a result, some like it's an uneven playing field from state to state, based off of how you're decided to regulate. So that's been that's my biggest thing with with the NIL. I don't mind it because. I think a lot of this stuff was happening anyway. It was all just happening in an illegal fashion. So, like, at least if they regulate it, like, everybody gets more slices of the pie. But there does need to be some national stipulations about the way this is handled. Because you can't just have, like, one booster, like what's happened in Miami, with their... We're all over college with one of their mega boosters who's just decided to give like Nigel Pack for, for and some of these other guys for Miami like 
fifty million dollars, like because he can, you know, like yeah. that's the thing that that stuff's gonna get old. And if you want to blow your money like that, buddy, for your alma mater, go ahead. It's your money. But like, yeah, I think hey, it's gonna it's gonna run out at some point. Like of guys that are like trying to buy a championship because what do you get out of it? You know what I'm saying? Like, cool. You help your school win a title. You don't get a championship ring. You didn't step foot on the court. But I do think there needs to be some sort of structure nationally. And and what's disappointing is we are getting absolutely nothing, once again, in leadership from the NCAA. It feels like the offices down well, down here in Indianapolis have been a freaking void for 15 years when it comes to yeah. actually managing college athletics. I don't know what they yeah. to do, but I'd love to have their job because they don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I get you. All right, well, we've got you for just a few more minutes. Let's take, break down the two games here, and let's get us to a championship. Uh, the number nine FAU versus the number five San Diego State. Like I say, San Diego State's been pretty wickedly uh, good and, and really slid under the radar, but they are who we thought they were. There, there's nobody around who thought that San Diego State, when they started filling out their brackets, couldn't get this far. So I'm sure there's a lot of people who have San Diego State going the distance. But FAU has been the story of the tournament so far. To be honest with you, this has been the team that that I have been really enjoyed following and watching. I know there's that Indiana connection there. Uh, But before it began, 237 schools in the nation could claim an NCAA tournament win in their their history. FAU is not one of those, Adam. A a go-ahead basket with 2.5 seconds in the opening round against Memphis. Got the ball rolling for the Cinderella team before victories against uh, Fairlight Dickerson, which we thought, hey, there's going to be our, that's going to be our Cinderella. Uh, and then, of course, Tennessee, uh, they beat Tennessee and Kansas State. You know, there's, they are just the fifth team since 1979 to reach the Final Four after entering without a tournament win. What are your thoughts on this big game between FAU and San Diego State? And if FAU does get to the championship game and they find a way to beat San Diego State, that's huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's massive. I mean, they've got a they've got a good coach. I just I tend to feel like at this stage, at what point does the stage kind of swallow them up? San Diego State has been a solid um, mid-major program for a long time. Like if you think about yeah. some of the major the mid-majors around college basketball. Butler was in that group for a long time before they moved on to. I don't even know what you would. I guess you'd consider the Big East major basketball conference now. But the, they were in that same vein with the Butlers, the Creightons, um, and and I and I feel like San Diego State does break into the NBA uh, into the. Including one Kawhi Leonard, so like they they know what they're doing to to help make the steps to become one of those Butler esque programs that holds their spot as a non Power Five stud in the basketball arena, and and I I think San Diego State's going to win this game. Their teams are always really efficient. They're always really physical. Um, and, and that's where I, I would lean towards San Diego State for this game. 
One more question on this game before we move on to Miami. One more question before we move on to uh, Miami. Whether or not the FAU wins or not, Dusty May, true or false here, Dusty May is going to be courted by some very, very good schools, very good basketball programs as their next head coach. True or false? Oh, I I would say absolutely. Uh, Anytime you can get a program to, to, you know, so to speak, um, you're going to get looks. The question is going to be, does he like where he is for another year or two? It's going to be which program's open, um, mm-hmm. and, and is that going to be the place for him to make a jump? Mm-hmm. That's a valid point. A lot. Well, there's what happened to Brad Stevens. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's where. What's the best logical fit for him? Um, and, and, and we haven't we haven't seen the, the carousel spin yet in college basketball. It really won't for a few more weeks. Well, we'll see how that goes. Let's, let's break down real quickly before we got to let you go. Miami versus UConn. That's the other side of the bracket. Includes two teams who many did didn't see reaching this stage. I don't think anybody thought Miami would get this far, uh, but you know they're here, and uh, certainly the coach. We've known him for years for being up at Syracuse. He's he's in his 12th year as the, as the head coach. The Hurricanes entered the tournament uh, three or four, I believe it was. But this is going to be a good matchup. And, and not Villanova, but UConn. It's going to be played in Miami. That's UConn. Number four, UConn. <laughs> so, uh, break this game down. Uh, who do you have in the championship game and who do you got to win? As I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I think UConn wins this game. I think this literally comes down to, to two things. Miami has the better, probably the best two players on the court. Miami has the best rest of the players on the court. Or excuse me, UConn does. UConn's the best uh-huh. team. Miami might have the best individuals. If UConn plays together as a team, as I mentioned, I, in my opinion, I think they have the best coach. Um, the way that, that Hurley has been able to turn them around is remarkable. And if you know and if you know basketball in particular, college basketball, Bobby and Dan Hurley, I mean, one was a superstar uh, at Duke before an unfortunate injury, and, and their dad is a legendary coach. I mean, they know what they're doing. Um, and they know how to elevate programs. So... I tend to think, I think if UConn doesn't get into the trying to ISO play hero ball and match hero ball for hero ball with Miami, which is kind of what Texas fell into playing Miami, I think UConn wins this game, which will take them to the title game on Monday where I I, I think ultimately they they win the championship. So is your pick San Diego State, UConn, UConn to win the championship? Is that is that your yes, thought? Yes, sir. That is my thought. Well, I'm going to agree with I'm going to agree with you on one part of that, but I I I like I'm following this story as long as it takes me. So I'm gonna I'm gonna follow this FAU team and and, and root for them. But hey, if they lose to the Aztecs, great. And you know, I, tell me how smart I am. I knew the Aztecs. I could say that like off the top of my head. Can't get the UConn. And the Villanova out of my head between Huskies and Wildcats. How does that happen? I don't know. 
Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it happens to all of us, man. That's right, buddy. Well, we appreciate you joining us, sir. Where can oh. people, well, I always say, always say where can people find your work in Masterpieces. And you tell us every week you're going to get something up on Jimmy's Den, but I know you've been, been pretty busy. So trust me, I get busy. We both have, we uh, both yeah. have other lives, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. Um, I, one of these times, I, it's gonna happen. Anytime, I always like think about it on Saturday, and then I get busy doing something, and then I forget about it until like Friday night. <laughs> it's all good, my brother from another mother. All right, I know you're you're traveling into a galaxy far, far away, so safe travels. Don't don't get sucked up in the wind. Yeah, I'll try not to. Awesome. Everybody have a great weekend. We'll catch you later. All right, all right buddy. We'll see you. Adam Jibbidan, <laughs> love having him on. He's a great co-pilot here. He's our college football co-pilot, uh, co- uh, Browns fan, Buckeyes fan, uh, anything Cleveland, anything Ohio, really. Uh, super Cavs fan, super duper Guardians fan. <laughs> hey, you know what? The Guardians are a good team, though. But I still am having a hard time saying, hey, uh, Cleveland Indians are now the Guardians. I, you know, that's a that's a whole nother soapbox that we don't we don't need to we don't need to go down, right? My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Stick around; it's about to get good. Uh, we we've got Tony Donahue. He's he's either on his way to, to Texas or he's in Texas. Either which way, we're going to be talking some IndyCar and also a little bit more March Madness, a little bit more baseball. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Right now, I just need you to get real loose. Get comfortable. Grab your loved ones or grab your love partner. And if you're by yourself, no worries. Just follow after me. Yeah. Gonna do the two-step, then cowboy boogie. Grab a sweetheart and spin out with him. Do the whole down and get into it. Take it to the left now. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mates. Ow, they're one of my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. 
And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Duper Guardians fan, helping us break down the final four a little bit and uh, talking a little baseball. But joining us now is either from te- in Texas or on his way to Texas, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Tony, how are you, sir? Hey, how are we doing? How's it going? Good. Have you made it to the Lone Star State? Are you ready to go? We will be making we were making it this evening. We're going this evening. Last <laughs> night's flight did not did not happen. We're gonna go. We're gonna go down later this evening. Oh, so you're still in Indy then? Okay. Still in Indy. Got, got it. Well, IndyCar is back in action at Fort Worth in the, in the PBG 375. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, certainly, I love going to be loving talking about some IndyCar. We're getting closer and closer to the. Uh, well, I, I say that it's it, it's April first. I mean, it's closer closer to the Indy 500, which is really a very exciting time. But uh, this week, we saw the opening day of, of uh, baseball. My Cardinals lost, and we looks like we've got a catcher that's hurt, too, who took a, a hit off the knee at 103 miles an hour. That's always a good way to start the, the season. Uh, we just talked about the Guardians, and, and they've got some good stuff going on. And I always get this wrong, but you're a White Sox guy or you're a Cubs guy. I can't remember. Which one is it? It's Cubs guy, I'm, right? I'm a White I'm a White Sox guy. Uh, good start to the season on Thursday, getting a win on the road against the defending World Series champion Houston Astros. Um, you know, they've, what, what, what the White Sox have at the top of their starting pitching rotation mm-hmm. in Dylan Cease is a Cy Young Award contender, um, a guy who can throw a 102-mile-an-hour fastball. Their problem is there's a drop-off, a massive drop-off um, in the rest of their rotation. But always well, good to start off with the win. You, know, you got the Final Four tonight, FAU, Dusty May, Eastern Green, Indiana product, used to coach at right. IU. Um, you've got John L. Davis, who's from Gary, went to 21st Century. They play San Diego State. It's pretty cool that um, I, I, I don't really know the numbers off the top of my head, but we've seen a lot of mid-majors in the Final Four over the last 15 to 20 years. Obviously, Butler comes to mind. 
George Mason 15 or so years ago. Um, you know, but really excited to see that San Diego State's taking on FAU tonight. And then UConn and Miami, I think two schools that play different styles um, that not a lot of people expected to be in their final four. Uh, and here we are. We got the chaos of March out of the way. Uh, we got some storms last night, but pretty pretty cool weekend. And then it's all on the verge of the Masters starting next week. Hey, man, I tell you what, it's, it's good. It's, spring is here. And, you know, we got to get these April showers. They, uh, bring May, May flowers. That's the uh, – yeah, April showers, bring May flowers, however it goes. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about the Final Four. We'll get into the to the Indy Carvers. I really love FAU, Dusty May, as, as you mentioned, obviously, from down in, in southern Indiana. Uh, but just a great story overall. I mean, they've had a great run. Uh we actually thought that the other team was going to be the Cinderella, but it didn't turn out to be that way. We have a true Cinderella. They they have never won a tournament game before till now, okay? And that's that's rare, and that's very very rare. And, and, and as we talked about last segment, nobody wants to see four number one teams. I somehow, you know, but I'm, I'm guilty. I'm one of those guilty guys that fill out multiple brackets. So I'm going to hit sooner or later, right? I do the same thing with DraftKings. So I'm going to hit sooner or later. So I did have Villanova. Uh, I said Villanova again. I did that earlier, Tony. I have UConn going all the way. I don't know why I've had, I've had that all week long. I've said Villanova when I met UConn. Uh, but I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. But I really – would like to see FAU uh, beat San Diego State. Break down that game for us because they are good. San Diego State, they've been they've been hit there, uh, done this before. They are a very very solid team. So it, it, there is something to say for some, a team that's not been there. At some point, the wheels got to fall off, and that's why they call it a Cinderella team. But what, what's your thoughts on that game? I mean, San Diego State's got one of the best defensive presence in all of college basketball. They 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 play those games, you know, in that fifty to fifty. 60-point range, especially on the defensive end. They slow it down. FAU likes to get out and run. They can hit the three. Um, you know, and, and if you think about you know, the tournament in general and, and the what-ifs, and if this, if this ball would have went another way, I mean, you got to think there was seven seconds on the clock in that 8-9 game between Memphis and FAU. FAU gets a bucket with about two seconds to go coming out of a timeout to advance. You know, that ball doesn't go down, and, you know, we're not talking about FAU, you know. So, um, yeah, their first tournament win. Neither of these two teams should be surprising. If if you if you followed any kind of mid-major college basketball this year, FAU's been right there all season. San Diego State's been really good. They were even ranked at a couple points this season early on. Um, you know, it, it, defense usually translates, but it's the Final Four. Um, you know, I give the slight advantage to San Diego State because, one, they are the better defensive team. And it seems like when these some of these teams that don't have the experience to these major arenas, you know, you think Lucas Oil Stadium, you think the Superdome in New Orleans, you think um, obviously today in Houston. These are just different arenas to shoot in. It's almost like that, like the hoop is just floating in the air. You're, you're on an elevated court. It just takes a, it takes a minute or two to adjust to. And I think you'll see a very low-scoring first contest between San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. I think it comes right down to the wire. Um, I want Florida Atlantic to win, uh, but I think San Diego State wins this one pretty close by, you know, it's, it's going to come down to the final horn somewhere in the mid-50s. So I think maybe the first team to 60 in that first semifinal wins. 
Number five uh, versus number four, UConn. What do you got in this game? As we just talked about, I, I have UConn to win this. I think they're pr- a pretty good team. I didn't really see Miami here, but, of course, that's why they call it March. Uh, I, I actually thought IU had a good shot of beating Miami. I was really disappointed with IU this, this year, but that's, a, that's another rabbit hole we can jump down another day. But Miami uh, versus UConn, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Miami is a team that is, has pretty much been dominant, right? Like, they, they've got some really good wins during this tournament. They've pretty much played their brand of basketball with Jim Laranega, who's back to the Final Four for the first time since taking George Mason there back in 2006. Um, they can hit the three. They get a lot of pressure on you defensively. They'll, they'll show some full-court pressures, and, and they get a lot of good looks at the rim. UConn, another great defensive team, um, you know, their seeding isn't exactly where it was. I mean, UConn started the season, everybody thought, okay, this is a team that can make it to the Final Four, and they struggled. But the Big East, I mean, you think about Creighton was almost there. You think about Marquette had a really good season. You know, they just beat each other up inside of the Big East. I mean, just absolutely, it's a dogfight. You know, even Butler, who struggled this year, and, and um, you know, DePaul and Providence, these are all teams that just make you battle-tested for the tournament. UConn certainly battle-tested. Um, you know, question some of their offensive ability and their offensive sets sometimes. Um, you know, you, you think about uh, just just scoring woes and, and you can't you can't have you can't have a you really can't have a a period of time in tonight's game where you slow it down, where you can't score the basketball. And we have seen um lately with this UConn team, maybe not so much in a tournament, but there has been times, you know, they're scoring in the eighties right now. Um, in this tournament, but you go back to those Big East tournament games where, um, you know, it, it was a tough go for them. They're going to put up points tonight. Miami's going to put up points tonight. So I think you're going to see a very low-scoring game in that first round, and then you'll see a race to 75 points in that second round between UConn and Miami. I give Miami the slight nod, but I think we we could see two incredible semifinals come down to the wire tonight. That'd be awesome. Do you do you have a pick for us for the uh, national championship? I think you're going to see it's so close. I think it ends up being Miami and San Diego State, and I think Miami has what it takes to get it done. Miami is super quick. They're super athletic. If they can shoot the three the, the three ball, my, my, my problem with UConn is that they haven't been involved in a close down-of-the-wire game quite yet. Like, it's all been domination. You look at what Miami has done. Miami dominated IU on the scoreboard, but if you remember – I mean, that game came, you know, IU was down six. They start the second half on a on a 7-0 run to take the lead. They went back and forth, and then Miami pulled away. Miami in that Drake game, super close uh, in the opening round. Drake, the 12th seed, uh, it was a seven-point game. Houston was close there for a while before they pulled away. Miami's just been able to pull away from teams late in the second half. I've got Miami as your national champion. Well, we'll see what happens there, and we'll uh, we'll uh, take that into account when we do our DraftKings bets. Let's move over to IndyCar. Obviously, that's the topic of the hand. IndyCar back in, in in action out in Texas. One of the big stories coming out of the paddock this this week is uh, reigning champ Will Power signs a big deal with Team Penske, at least to assure his spot with the team all the way up into 2025. We'll, we'll look at uh, Will Power as a, as a longtime Penske uh, legacy, much like Rick Mears. So just that put out there. I don't see uh, Will Power ever leaving Penske for any reason whatsoever. Uh, IndyCar is a little bit different as they don't always uh, reveal the the 
conditions and the pay and all that of, of the contract. But what do you know about Will Power and the uh, uh, contract extension with Penske that we learned about this week? Yeah, you know, 2021, we saw him get extended for two years through the end of 2023. So um, I, I think, you know, if you're Roger Penske, you know, you're going, okay, I mean, we've got to renew this guy. He just won the championship. He was so consistent last year. He hasn't taken a step back. Some of the competitors in the field, uh, in this IndyCar race, in this IndyCar field, have said, you know, Will, Will's changed his attitude a little bit. Um, he's, he's more, he's more focused, but he's more of a joy to be around. He doesn't get, he doesn't get too high on the highs and too low on the lows. So, you know, this, we knew this was probably coming. It was either this or retirement. And I think that, you know, Roger's not going to let him retire on, on another team, give him two more years, see what he can do. Um, and you know, the Indy 500 is an old man's race. I mean, power won it a couple of years ago. Pagano's won it. Elio won it. And Marcus Erickson is one of the youngest drivers to win it in the last 15 years. And he's 33 years old. So, you know, you can still get it done in your 40s. You can still make it happen. Uh, and obviously, he proved that last year. I mean, he, he, he keeps being consistent. Now, he only won one race last year, but he still won the championship. Uh, and that was enough to obviously award him with the two-year extension. All right, let's move on to the uh, Texas Motor Speedway. It's the PPG 375. Give us a preview of the track and how the team's preparing for the very fast racetrack out in Texas. Yeah, just finished up practice one. Um, there'll be a second lane practice coming up this afternoon, uh, basically trying to rubber in that um, that second group to make it a little bit more racier, be able to pass. You know, when NASCAR put down that PJ1 a couple of years ago to kind of give their give their cars a better grip, um, that really kind of screwed some things with IndyCar, just slicker tires, not being able to have that grip. Um, but yeah, uh, it should be it should be interesting because now you go out and qualify. Scott McLaughlin was fastest this morning. Now you go out and qualify. You'll have one more practice, and you race tomorrow at noon Eastern time. And the rains are supposed to come right around that halfway point. So um, you know there's a chance you're going to be racing the race, but then you're going to be racing um, against the clock to see if that rain comes or not, or if they get the entire uh, 375 kilometers in or not. Yeah, as, as as we know, all they got to do is go halfway. You mentioned Scott McLaughlin being fast on the track. I like him a lot for this race. Let's talk about some of the drivers and some of the, the teams uh, going into this race. Uh, Scott McLaughlin, what are your thoughts about him? I mean, he is fast. He won last year's season opening race in St. Petersburg, and, you know, he's certainly one to, to keep an eye on. Uh, I like him. What do you think? Three wins last season in his second year, fastest this morning in that practice. Um, you know, I think when it comes to Texas, like this guy's never won on an oval, but when it comes to Texas, uh, he's got some unfinished business. He dominated this race here last year and was moving forward and was a lap and a half away from winning. And then here comes his teammate, Joseph Newgarden, to pass mm-hmm. along the outside, coming to the white fly to take the win. So, um, you know, just we'll see. Um, I think McLaughlin is obviously the front runner. My only question with McLaughlin is he's got the speed on an oval. Can he put it together? Can he keep it together? Because he's never won on an oval in his three seasons. So could this could this morning or could tomorrow morning be his first win on the oval? Absolutely. But we're going to have to wait and see because uh, you know you got that rain coming in. Uh, you obviously know what happened last week, so we'll see what happens. 
Well, you know, also, you can never outrule the Iceman, Scott Dixon. I tell you what, he, he's, he's had five wins at the at the one-and-a-half-mile uh, super speedway. Uh, Scott Dixon always in the mix. What are your thoughts about him this weekend? Yeah, you go back to the start of the season with Dixon, and, and, and he had an off in practice and ended up qualifying like 12th or 13th, and it was very – you're going, okay, well, he'll still be there at the end. And, and was he ever in contention to win the race? No, but there was Dixon finishing third and, you know, keeps his keeps his name out there, keeps his leg out there. So uh, I love Dixon. As you know, you can never count him out, and we'll see what he can do tomorrow. I mean, he's, he's, he's won five times at Texas. He knows how to get it done there. He was dominant there um, in 2020 when they went back to racing in mid-June after the pandemic. Um, he won in 2021, part of that doubleheader. Uh, you know, you can never count out Scott Dixon. He'll be right there. Does Pottle Award get redemption this weekend from last or losing that heartbreaking loss in St. Petersburg? Yeah, I mean, Pottle Award is so good on almost 3.7 average finish on oval races since 2021. He had a, he had a really good car last year before Mechanical took him out. Um, as long as you know, his car stays underneath them and doesn't have another mechanical. I mean, last year it happened and happened at St. Pete a few weeks ago. Um, but he's he's one of the best oval drivers in IndyCar. He'll qualify in that top five, and he'll definitely be a contender to win tomorrow. Your guy, Alexander Rossi, what are your thoughts about him this weekend? Yeah, I mean, he's fast. That aero car is going to be right there. He's good at Texas. He's not great at Texas. He's good at Texas. Uh, he's... He, you know, it, you're still putting things together. You had a nice run over there at, at St. Pete, finishing in the top five in your first race with Aaron McLaren. Um, now it's an oval. Can you stay clean? Can you stay out of somebody else's mess? Uh, but Rossi will be there. Is he going to win? No. Top five, certainly in the cards. Well, you can never outrule, especially with Scott Dixon, but you can never outrule uh, Chip Canassi racing there, obviously with the teammate Alex Polo. What are your thoughts about him? Hello, you know, it's an interesting season. We know he's going to McLaren next year. You know, Ganassi and him finally, I guess, have settled their differences, and they're going to move forward this year. Um, he'll be there, but Hello, you know, is, is, again, very similar to Scott McLaughlin, you know, and sometimes even Colton Herter. But can you, can you win? Can you win on an oval? You haven't been able to do so. You've had the opportunities to do so. You've had – um, you know, you, you've had certain situations to where um, you could put all together to win, and, and he simply hasn't. So um, I like Polo, but he just hasn't been able to – he just hasn't been able to put it together on an oval, so we'll see. What about uh, Grosjean, Romain Grosjean? I, Grosjean, I always get that name wrong, but with Andretti. Him and Colton Hurd are both over there at Andretti, are both certainly uh, guys to watch. Yeah, I mean, Andretti's just, you know, they struggled down at St. Pete race-wise, right? They all qualified well. Grosjean on the pole, Colton Herta right there. Kyle Kirkwood was fast. And then it kind of all went to crap real quick. Um, you know, they haven't been they haven't been a great team overall. They haven't even been a good team at Texas. They've really struggled at Indy over the last couple of years. Um, you know, it's wait and see for me. you got Kyle Kirkwood who can't keep it off the wall. Devlin Francesco, who got himself into some trouble at Texas last year. Roman Grosjean, who doesn't have any speed based off this morning. And Colton Herta, who now no longer has his dad, Brian Herta, on his box calling his strategy. They moved him over to Kyle Kirkwood's car. So a lot of change going on early in the season. We shall see what happens.
So let's talk about our couple uh, home 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 car guys, Ed Carpenter, Connor Daly. Uh, what are your thoughts on those guys this season? Yeah, I mean, there's there's something going on with that Carpenter Racing that it's that I think it's hard to see just because they just don't have speed anywhere. They have not had anything. They have not had. Um, they have not um, had really much, and it's just kind of like, well, it is what it is. So we shall see. I mean, it look is. at Carpenter Race. You know, Renus VK is a guy who's super fast, and they've got to they they they've got to get the cars up to their talent. They just seem not been able to seem to do that. Who wins in Texas this weekend, sir? I think it's going to be Pato Award. I think Pato Award is your guy. So, uh, real quickly, a couple more things as we uh, look forward to the Indy 500. Obviously, Tony Kanaan running his last Indy 500 this year. This is his retirement year. It's going to be a, a, you know, you love to see these young guys come up, but you kind of hate to see guys like Tony Kanaan, you know, say, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm calling the quits. It's, it's my time to pass the, pass the baton. What are your thoughts about Tony Kanaan and his retirement? Uh, you know, it's funny. I saw um... – I saw him. I went to his press conference last month where he announced that he was going to run one more Indy 500. And I saw him at St. Pete, and I said, I said, I love you, man, but I, I didn't really believe you. And he said, well, why is that? I said, because if you win this thing or you finish top three again, you're going to be just as hungry to come back next year. And we know you, you still got the speed. You're going to have a really good car at there on McLaren, which finished top three last year uh, and top three of the year before. So I'm going to believe it when I see it. He said, well, I guess time will tell. So um, if it is his last run, what a great career. Obviously, 2002 being his rookie 500, where if you remember in 02, he led laps, uh, made a rookie mistake in turn three, crashed, had some really good runs with Andretti. We thought he was going to win there a few times in that 7-Eleven car. And then, um, you know, moves over, gets a win in the Indianapolis 500 and faster Sullivan racing back in 2013. Uh, had a really dominating car, actually, with A.J. Foyt racing back there in 2018 uh, before crashing. Um, but we'll see. Third last year, we know he can still get it done. We'll see if he'll be a contender this year. I think he will be. That'd be great. You know, great use case on the comparison of, hey, if you win in this, are you going to walk away? Elio Castaneda. So, you know, take that for what it for what is worth. Real quickly, though, we, we found out some great stuff of Concert Series. Brad, Brad Paisley's going to be uh, taking the stage for the uh, Legends Day concert. And uh, Brian Adams, Carp, uh, uh, Carb Day, is going to be there. I tell you what, Brian Adams is, is a blast from the past. I have never seen him. I know a lot of people are looking forward to never seen him. He's not been in Indiana for a while. So uh, good good hit for uh, IMS for Dale and Brian Adams for uh, uh, Carb Day. What are your thoughts? You do know who Brian Adams you know, is, I'll, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I'll say what I say every Carb Day. It just it simply doesn't matter who the band is. It really doesn't. Yeah. People can be out there drinking, having a good time, tapping their feet. Oh, yeah. They're going to be they're going to be three sheets to the wind by three o'clock when he steps on the stage. Anyway, we saw it last year. People were upset by I think it was Kings of Chaos. It ended up raining, and there was still a big crowd out there. So yeah, it was um, a mess you know, last year. Is what it is. The the uh, the Legends Day country concerts that are now downtown um, at mm-hmm. um, at the lawn. I mean, they, they really don't yeah. do anything for me. But but cool to see that they're that they're that they're providing other entertainment as well um, for people outside of the racing world. You know, I work with a lot of, you know where I work, but I work with a lot of 
young and up and coming people, if you will. And we were t- a group of us were talking about Brian Adams uh, playing at Carb Day, and literally some girl goes, and she's fresh out of college. She goes, "Who's Brian Adams? I've never heard of them." And we like gave her a look, like, "Are we really that old?" I think we are that old, Tony. I don't know. That's why I said, "Do you, do you know who Brian Adams is?" That's funny. But, I mean, uh, I think it's the, it was, I think it's the people. It's 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 a people pleaser, right? Like we know that, um, you know that you're gonna know a few of his songs. It's gonna be fun, uh, uh, but again, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, everybody's gonna be so hammered, um, you know, <laughs> and people are gonna. There's gonna be people that say, "Oh, I forgot that he sang this," or "Oh, That's I've right. heard of this song before." So, um, yeah, I mean, the good thing is, is that, you know. Fresh out of college, 21 years old, 22 year old female. That's not really their target market for this. I'm sure she's more interested in going seeing the the snake pit on race morning. Yeah, and Doug Bowles was on John's show yesterday, and he and you may have heard him, but he, he just said, you know, we're going to have to go younger at some point. But for for the moment, and I guess he he's a big uh, uh, man crush guy with with Brian Adams. So I guess it was a, a good win for him too. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. What are you guys working on this week? Obviously some IndyCar. And where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Yeah, we'll see what happens with Texas, right? Like, you want to go down there, but I don't want to go down there, and then it rains out and comes back. So yeah. we'll have to travel the race. Fans Place app, a Indy 500 contest going on. So if you don't have the app, check it out. Answer eight questions on tomorrow's race. Winner gets a 1993 Indianapolis 500 t-shirt, thanks to our friends at the shop up in Broad Ripple. We also have a Formula One contest, Final Four contest. So, uh, I know you love to do it, but for those people that don't know, it's a free sports prediction app called The Fan Slate. Check it out and uh, win some cash and some prizes this weekend. Uh, absolutely. Hopefully the weather holds out for you, Guy. I know NASCAR is having their own issues. Uh, practice and qualifying has been canceled for today. Uh, so here we go again, right? Uh, so with, with NASCAR, we'll be talking with Steve Wilson coming up next. Tony, you have yourself a good uh, trip, safe flight, and uh, we'll talk with you soon. Take care, Tom. Have a good one. All right, buddy. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com, uh, our go-to guy when it comes to IndyCar for sure, and certainly an all-around great guy to have, and check him out as well. And uh, he'll help you out on some on some bets too. But, uh, yeah, do that for sure. For sure. My name's Tom Marcosell, Presidente, as we just talked a little bit about uh, – just uh, coming off the wire, if you will. Do people still say that? Oh, us old radio guys, we say the wire. <laughs> uh, but the NASCAR Cup practice and qualifying has been canceled because of weather. So we're going to get into that conversation uh, coming up with uh, uh, Steve Wilson of Speedway Digest, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, and all our uh, uh, NAS- official NASCAR contributor. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal heart. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run. No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got me. Ow, they're my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Lekwa Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they... Investor philanthropists, do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Give me fire, give me that which I desire. Ooh. 
to the balance. Half of our show is in the books. Uh, thank you, uh, Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Cavs fan, pretty much sitting in Ohio, uh, our uh, college football go-to guy. And today we talked some Final Four and uh, obviously opening day of uh, baseball this week. And uh, Tony Donahue called us as well. Uh, and he's on his way into Texas. He's running into some weather issues like the rest of, of the nation in the, uh, in the in the world, if we are. We talked to Mindy Carr and, and also some uh, uh, Final Four. It is here, guys. It's going to be FAU San Diego State tonight. Tomorrow, it is going to be UConn and Miami. I've got UConn to win it all in one of my many brackets, but I really like this FAU team. Joining us now, though, from his home track in Richmond, Virginia, is uh, uh, Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest. How are you doing, sir? Um, I'm doing a little – I'd do a little bit better if it wasn't raining. I, I hear you. I just saw that uh, that qualifying is, is done – Toast canceled. Alex Bowman's going to be starting the front. Real quickly, though, I know you're a Nationals fan, and uh, they, they're starting their season off this year with the Braves. What are your thoughts about the Nationals this year? Well, um, you know, it would be nice if we had some people like Bryce Harper and others back, but, you know, we'll, we'll yes, make do, I, I guess. And uh, <laughs> the, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can uh, try and maybe uh, – do a little bit this year so but yeah it'd be nice to get some guys like that back at one point at some point absolutely well i'm a cardinals guy and we're we're saying goodbye to melina and then the the guy who's took in his place is i I can't pronounce the name but i'll learn it before the end of the season uh took a pitch off the knee at 103 miles an hour and got himself a knee contusion so uh you kind of need your knees when you're a catcher so we'll we'll see we'll see what happens but we're out here in richmond uh, it's gonna, it looks like it's going to be one of those days, one of those weekends where we're going to be watching a lot of archive places. Maybe not. Maybe so. You're there. You're you're in the middle of it all. Uh, you know about this track. It's obviously your home track, and we we know that qualifying is is uh, canceled for today uh, for the Xfinity and also for uh, the Cup qualifying. I believe that is also being canceled for today. So weather-wise, race-wise, what do we know uh, for the and how it pertains to the uh, Toyota Care 250 and uh, the Toyota Owners 400? Well, today uh, I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on today. Last night the modified race got rained out uh, last night too, and then going to try and run that thing at 4:30 today, but I doubt that that's going to even happen. We've got a lot of rain coming through the area today, and uh, it, it probably uh, we've got a very short break coming up here in a couple of hours, but. I don't know if it's long enough to be able to get done uh, the race and get that in because also later on tonight you got the truck race on Texas Motor Speedway. Fox does have a hard break later on tonight in which they've they've got to get this race in. Otherwise, they'll have to bump this whole thing uh, possibly until tomorrow. But, you know, hopeful, wishful thinking maybe. I don't know. It's raining right now. The wind's out. They've got the jet dryers and Titans out on the track to try and keep some, keep it at least somewhat dry at this moment. Talk with us a little bit about the track when it's when it's working and when it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Talk with us a little bit. Obviously, Richmond's one of the best known tracks in the NASCAR circuit. Talk with us a little bit about how teams prepare uh, for this race. Also, you know, 
how big of an effect will the weather play in their their pit strategy and their overall strategy, especially after if they have to move everything to tomorrow? Well, if they got to move everything over to tomorrow, I mean it, it'll it'll play a little bit better because these teams have been coming down here for the last couple of years and running day races this year. So, um, you know, with the colder temperatures today, that'll that'll lessen the tire wear. So, it'll change a few things as far as pitch strategy and. Uh, things like that are concerned if they do run this later on today. Um, but if tomorrow, if it does kick off tomorrow, then it would be a little better um, picture-wise as far as their their strategies that they've gone to in the last couple of years, especially as tire wear at this racetrack has continued to increase year in and year out as as the heat kind of builds up and the kind of surface starts to wear down a little bit more over time. Um, but, you know, it's uh, – you know, again, you know, we'll, hopefully we'll see some racing today, but again, not not exactly hopeful at this moment. What's the uh, local radar looking like? Is it green throughout the whole day, or you think there's going to be some windows where they can? They only got to get half the race in. I mean, do they race the weather or do they race the cars? I mean, I guess that's the question of the day, right? And it's the same way in Texas too. So <laughs> for IndyCar, they're going through the same um, thing. Well, I mean, you know, all this stuff that came through the Midwest the last couple of days has now started to come towards us, and now we've we we get our turn at it. Although we're not going to get some of the tornadoes and things like that that have uh, happened out there in the Midwest over the last couple of days, it'll yeah. it'll be some wind today. They're talking up to 45 miles an hour, possibly 60 mile an hour winds in some places around here. But um, we do have a like we do have a very short window sometime after two o'clock, uh, between about two and five or so. Um, they'll have to get mm-hmm. the track done and ready to go. Um, and hopefully, you know, this will, um, you know, they think, you know, NASCAR is also trying to experiment with this new wet weather package too. And we right. will have to only need to, right. We'll only have to be about 70% dry and in, in order for them to rain about 70 to 80% dry for them to, to race. So, um, you know, maybe that's what they look at today and, and today uh, to get this in, I at least race halfway through. But tomorrow looks perfect. We've got all day sun, no problems tomorrow. It will be a little bit cooler tomorrow in the 60s, but, um, you know, we've got a full day of sunshine tomorrow. Well, there's something to be said about having a full day of racing, that's for sure. Uh, but the, the problem is when, you, when you're when you the late guys like the Cup, you've got a lot of stuff to deal with with marbles and different things inside the track that have been created by racing all day. So there's, there is that. But, you know, you, you mentioned the wet weather package. For, for the novice racer, to help us understand what that is, it allows them to race a little bit more in – the wet weather, but you still got to think that safety is a, is a huge concern, obviously. So um, tell us a little bit about how that this new wet weather package works. What, what is it designed to do? Why does it allow the car to race better in the rain? Well, NASCAR has uh, experimented with this going back over last season, and they're only going to use this uh, this at some of the shorter tracks, at least in the immediate term. Um, they they experimented with a couple different options at Martinsville, where they wet uh, where they took a water truck and watered the track down, and then dried it down to the 70 80 percent range in which they were looking at. Uh, what they do is is that they change the the tires in which they're not slick tires. They they are, have a groove tire in which they're going to use. They obviously have um, moved to um, 
put uh, windshield wipers on the cars. They have put um, braking lights on the cars like you would see in IMSA and IndyCar and things like that. So, you know, those are some of the substantial changes that we've seen as far as that is concerned um, to allow them to race in these type of conditions, which they have not been able to do in the past. But also couple that with the wet weather package in which at the short tracks too, they've also cut down the um, the, the downforce too. The, the downforce is down a considerable amount on these tracks. So, you know, it'll be coupled with it with two different packages kind of being run at the same time if that is, if that is true. So um, you've got two things that you're, you're working on. And one of the, the big, biggest and substantial things for the downforce package that they've taken away, they've cut the rear blade down to two inches, and which has drastically reduced the amount of downforce on the rear of these cars. And we saw this kind of a little bit at Phoenix um, where they were really tough to drive and really didn't have a whole lot of uh, – um, you know, downforce on the rear, and we saw some guys kind of spin out. So, you know, you kind of couple that now with the with the wet weather package, and well, you know, I I think it remains to be seen what happens next. But you know, at least NASCAR is trying to a couple different packages in order to um, be able to race in these conditions and try and get at least halfway, or maybe even more than halfway, of these races under underway. Um, you know, at some of these shorter tracks. Talking with Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. All right, let's uh, go to the elephant in the room. NASCAR finds Daniel Suarez $50,000 after bumping Alex Bowman's car on pit road in the post-race. A moment of pure frustration for the 31-year-old uh, race car driver, Daniel Suarez, who I happened to like over the weekend, and then it resulted in hitting his pocketbook. Uh, people don't say pocketbook. People don't say wallets anymore, but hitting his digital bank account probably going to be paid by a sponsor anyway so life moves on but talk with us a little bit about what happened what's the story behind this why did he get signed what happened you know daniel suarez like a lot of other drivers last weekend it could have felt like you know the racing was kind of intense so you know there there were some hairpin turns out there which a lot of guys got into one another um not only did daniel suarez get into alex bowman but he also got into ross chastain his own teammate too after the in the post race so, you know, those they, they he felt like that those two guys had raced him a little bit harder than they should have. They made a little bit more contact than they should have on the track. And then you even go back and you listen to some of the interviews from like Jensen Button and some of the guys last weekend that, that had kind of come over from Formula One and Open Oil racing and they kinda of realized that there's that there's a whole lot more contact as far as uh, stock car racing and some of these road courses than that they're normal or used to in Formula One, IndyCar and et cetera. So, you know, you can understand the for, uh, the frustration not only coming from somebody that's here in in and out of it every week, but also the guys that came kind of came in and kind of didn't realize as much bumping and banging kind of went on at some of these road courses. So that really was the ultimate uh, kind of deal for Daniel Suarez, where he just kind of felt like throughout the day he was raced a little bit harder than he should have and made some contact in areas that uh, probably shouldn't have done and kind of ruined his day a little bit. But, um, you know, that's, that's kind of, uh, you know, how we've uh, become accustomed to some of these road course races here in the last couple of years where they're not as clean as they were um, in, in the beginning. And uh, we kind of see a lot more short track type of bumping and banging now at road courses. And, you know, it, it's full contact sport now. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's kind of, you know, Suarez got kind of ruffled up in that kind of situation. And, Unfortunately, he's going to have to pay the fine fifty thousand dollars for those guys for you know intentionally getting into another car after the post race. Now, the sponsors allowed to pay that for them, or do they have to literally pay it out of their own pocket? 
Well, the the teams pay this. It comes out of the teams pay pay. And I mean, ultimately, I'm sure you know a sponsor check somewhere has has paid for it. But ultimately, the team will will pay for it. You know, yesterday was April Fool's Day, and and I, I got a kick out of watching some of these things. I don't think anybody took anything seriously, uh, but uh, some of the. Uh, 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 April Fool's jokes where it's Kyle Bush got fired, Carl uh, Carl Edwards was returning. Uh, it was it just uh, some of the pranks that went on in. And what did you did you come across any good April Fool's joke in NASCAR yesterday? No, I didn't. But somebody actually brought something up from 1997 in which somebody made an April Fool's joke that Michael Jordan was going to own a team with Mike, uh, with uh, McDonald's as a sponsor. And who who knew that you know just about twenty years later that would actually come true? But uh, it was it was either ninety six or ninety seven that somebody had, had put together a a, a uh, fake Michael Jordan article and the fact that he would own his own team with uh, with McDonald's as a sponsor. So I thought that was you know kind what, of funny today, that they kind of huh? today is actually April Fool's Day. Sorry. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But, you know, it, it was still kind of funny they kind of brought that back up after all these years because I don't think anybody thought in 96 or 97 that that would actually happen. But, you know, here we are. You know, one of the ones that they were also talking about uh, uh, on a website that I saw was back in 2014 uh, uh, with Danica Patrick, who was, uh, was competing for uh, Tony Stewart at that time and Ricky Steinhouse. He, they were uh, – dating or something in, in Patrick Steinhouse so that we're dating at this point in uh, something about them getting married or something and everybody went with that. I, I remember that too. So it's kind of funny, uh, NASCAR. I saw, you know, uh, my daughter lives in Missouri and she posted something on Facebook. I thought this was great. The Cape Girardeau Sheriff's Department says, if you have a warrant, uh, come and turn yourself in. Uh, come and turn yourself in. The first 50 people without a warrant, your warrant will be resolved, and you'll get a second chance, right? This this offer expires <laughs> at the end of April, uh, on April 1st. I thought that was great. I wonder, I, mean, I wonder how many people were dumb enough to fall for that. Hey, I got myself a warrant. I'm going to get my – hey, you're, we're going to give you a second chance. Don't worry about it, but we got to get some – Gotta get some processing done first. I digress. I digress. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, what, no. Some of those, uh, you know, ahead. some of the, some of those are just a real side, sidebar on that. Real quick, there's some funny ones out there. Polk County Sheriff's Department in, in Florida likes to do a lot mm-hmm. of that, and so does Pasco County in Florida. And back during, um, I think it was, it was this year during uh, um, Valentine's Day, they said, you know, if you know somebody or an ex. Ex-husband, ex-girlfriend, ex-boyfriend, ex-lover, ex-somebody, uh, and you know they have a warrant. Give us a call. We'll be glad to take care of them for you. <laughs> Love it. I have a lot of fun with April Fool's Day, but one of the things that, that isn't an April Fool's joke, Kendrick's team have lost some points, and, and due to that, this this all this hood lover Luger penalties, there's no April fooling about that, and this the NASCAR is taking this pretty seriously. Again, uh, help us get into the weeds on this a little bit, but there's the us novice people that just turn on the race every week and, you know, cheer for our favorite driver and, and don't understand why Kyle Larson, for example, is is getting penalized because of something that's on his hood. Maybe help us understand a little bit about what the hood louver penalties are. And, and of course, Hendricks has been the one who's been most impacted that, by that recently. 
So, so the hood louver system is, is set up now and designed now as not only a cooling mechanism, but also as a way to um, create downforce or, or, or kind of a, uh, an effect in the engine compartment to, to kind of uh, uh, break some of the, that aero dependency that we've seen in the years past. And so it's kind of got a dual mechanism built into the reason why they put these louvers in. However, these are all built by a single source manufacturer in which they are manufactured, issued to NASCAR, and then NASCAR issues them to a team. Technically, there's supposed to be a Q&A process that both the manufacturer and NASCAR goes through to make sure that um, these all conform to what the rule book says and to what the, the tolerance are, are in the rule book. However, when these cars were, were taken to Phoenix, they were all found to have the same exact uh, issue with them in which they had um, and I know Brad Keselowski has talked about this in the past about how some of these single source manufactured parts even though that they technically are defined and they, they conform to what the NASCAR rule book says and what the tolerances are in the rule book they have to be modified at least to some degree because of the way the body panels all fit together they don't fit exact so you have to modify them in order to get them in place and then remodify them basically after they are in place to conform to what the rule book says so you know there, there's kind of been this issue that has been back and forth with these single source parts Brad Keselowski has has kind of uh, addressed it on, on, on a couple different levels uh, over the last couple of weeks because not only you know their team at RFK had been um, penalized for, for single source parts over the last two seasons also with this new car um, but you know going back to, to, to Hendrick they all had the same problem with the louver system on their cars in which NASCAR confiscated them these cars never even went on the racetrack they never took a lap they never went through practice these were found in, in pre-race inspection and then NASCAR penalized them $100,000 and 100 points uh, in the appeals, they reinstated the 100 points back to each driver and to the team, but they kept the $100,000 penalty in place per car. So, you know, that is why, you know, going into this week prior to that, Ross Chastain was actually leading the points until the 100 points were given back. And now that is why Alex Bowman has returned to the top of the points as of this week, or at least as of Tuesday, Wednesday of this week, because of the change in the 100 points going back to them in the appeals. So, you know, there's, there's a couple things that have been going on with that, but um, I guess, you know, overall there, there needs to be a uh, continue to look at these uh, Q and a of these parts, because I know it's been expressed on multiple levels by, by owners, drivers, uh, crew members that have all kind of faced some of the same issues with these parts. Well, We'll see how that, that plays out. But you know if Hendricks is dealing with it, other teams are, are, are dealing with it as well. I want to go back to what we were talking about with Coda. Do, you know, last fall, all the drivers had their own little driver's meeting where they were able to vent out some frustrations and stuff, if you will, and, and uh, you know, have their, I guess you would call it a, a first uh, driver's-only meeting with series officials after, you know, a lot of complaining and this and that and the other. Now, now drivers should call a meeting amongst themselves, if you will, after Sunday's race at Coda. I mean, it turned out to be the wild, wild west. Uh, I mean, is it entertaining for the fans? Maybe. Is it, is it good for the team morale? No, I don't think so. But in, in a lot of ways, you know, going into the weeds here a little bit, 
the cars parked on pit road after the race looked like they had just run 500 laps at you know the Martinsville Speedway, not 75 laps at a technical road course like Coda. Uh, there's nothing wrong with stock car racing being aggressive. In fact, it should be aggressive. But having races turn into a circus as it did on Sunday is not a good show for the fans, and it's not a good look for NASCAR. Uh, you know, rinse, wash, repeat. Here we go again. Uh, but, uh, you know, I say maybe I say NASCAR created this mess and, and the the blame gets placed on the playoff format and the importance of wins and points. Uh, do you think that in an effort to create a better show for fans, in your opinion, NASCAR effed it up uh, and did the quite opposite? Yeah. You know, I think you're right. It, it puts a premium on wins and points. And, you know, that's what a lot of these drivers kind of programmed at this moment to think about is that, you know, I got to get those stage points. I got to get those uh, wins because, you know, at the end of the year, that's what matters, you know, to get in the playoffs or even to advance, you know, into the round of 12 or round of eight or, you know, even the final four, for example. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's crucial that one or two or five or six points can be the difference of you going to the final four and you sitting back in the, you know, the losing out after the round of 12. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, there's, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it is a full contact sport and we have seen the aggression level going up, but, you know, we've, we've also heard from Kyle Bush where, you know, even he said that it's also on drivers too, because they just don't care about one another anymore. He said it after the race at Cotto last weekend when he kind of felt like, you know, there was a lot of drivers out there that were looking out for themselves and they didn't really look at the big picture and some of the newer drivers that are coming up kind of are doing some of the same kind of, you know, uh, they, they see this stuff in, you know, iRacing and they, they, they think that, you know, by, you know, a video game, you know, I can be as aggressive as I want. It's no big deal because tomorrow, next week or next, you know, five minutes from now, I can respawn my car and do it all over again. Whereas, you know, this is now real life and some of those um, same, same kind of things don't work, but we're seeing drivers that, you know, have been repeatedly kind of uh, warned of that, that, you know, this isn't eye racing, this isn't a video game, this is now, you know, you're you're in the big leagues now, and, you know, we, we saw that, I know that has been some criticism of Ty Gibbs, at least in the last couple of seasons in the Xfinity series, where they kind of felt like he did a little bit more, was a little bit more aggressive than he should have been, and um, you know, uh, I think it's a it's a two part kind of deal, and how how you kind of deal with it. I'm I'm not sure because I don't think you want to go out there penalizing every driver for every little thing that they do, and because they're overly aggressive. Because we see this in Formula One mm-hmm. or any car, for example, aggressive racing and penalties for that. And I don't think you want to see that in NASCAR. You want them mm-hmm. to start calling balls and strikes in a lot of ways, and you know maybe drivers need to be more mindful of themselves and they need to take care of it themselves because that's kind of been the way it has been in the past don't let nascar pull call every ball and strike let the drivers deal with it on their own and get their payback and let them you know let drivers learn from that yeah i agree and uh, let's just see what happens as as, as, as it goes on we'll, 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 we'll certainly see how, how things go as, as we get into martinsville and so forth obviously the uh we know about the weather issues uh justin allgaier will start from the pole with the affinity race uh, with Sammy Smith right along there, Sammy Meyer, Riley Hurst, Daniel Hemrick, Sheldon Creed, Josh Burrow, Chandler Smith, Brandon Jones, and Don Hunter, name the check, all line up for the uh, Xfinity race. Um, I follow a couple people on Twitter. Uh, one is at Race Weather. It says storms uh, about 35 miles 
west of the track are expected to end over the next few hours. Uh, Xfinity should race today, scheduled at 1.15 today. Uh, of course, you know Bob, Bob Pockus, he uh, said obviously the go is to not have the Xfinity and truck races going on the same day. Any decisions as far as that start times should be made depending on the conditions of forecast. So you're there in the press box. What do we know, sir? Well, it's, uh, like I said, it's still raining. The wind is actually picking up even more now. So, you know, hopefully, you know, by this wind picking up, it'll push it out here even faster. We'll see some racing here today. I hope so. Well, Steve Wilson from uh, Speedway Digest, uh, where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? You can follow us at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Speedway Digest and SpeedwayDigest.com. Thanks, man. All right, Steve. You have a good race. Don't let any uh, April Fool's jokes happen to you today. Don't be, don't be the butt of the joke. <laughs> All right. I'll, <laughs> I'll try not. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Talk to you next week. Yeah, Bye. you too. Bye-bye. Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com and our official NASCAR contributor. Been a great friend of the show and contributor to the show for many years. Out in Richmond at his home track in the media center there watching it rain. And we, we've seen that happen oh too many times here in Indianapolis. So we know what that's like. And it sounds like they might get some racing in here. Uh, we'll see what, what that happens. We'll certainly be posting our stuff on Twitter. Make sure you're following us on the social media, on the Twitter at T-Balance and Facebook, The Balance. And thank you for listening to our podcast. Hey, it is our show. We do our show live, and then it automatically drops us a podcast. So if you are listening to our podcast, click awesome, so, uh, click our little like button there, and subscribe to us so we know how awesome you are. We already know how awesome we are. Thank you to Adam Jevedin, Super Browns fan, Super Cavs fan, Super Buckeye fan. Super duper Guardians fan, all around great guy. Uh, certainly helps us out in, in college football a lot. And then we talk some uh, college basketball. The final four: Who's it going to be? FAU, San Diego State, UConn, Miami. One of those four is going to be the national champion. We're going to find that out on Monday. Of course, today we've got San Diego State and FAU. The Cinderella dance continues uh, for Florida Atlantic and Dusty May, and we'll see what happens there. And of course, Miami. Very, very solid team. That's who Tony's got picked. Tony Donahue the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSportsCop.com joined us and helped us get a handle on the weather as well out in Fort Worth, the Texas Motor Speedway uh, as well for the uh, PPG 375. So we'll see if we can get the Toyota KR250 in at Richmond today in the Xfinity race. And, of course, tomorrow looks like they're definitely going to get in the Toyota owners 400. And Monday night, we're going to see who is going to be the national champion. I'll tell you what, if, if, and then we've got the Masters coming up later, later on this week. If that's not enough to get you going, you need to check your pulse. You might be dead. <laughs> uh, remember to follow us on Facebook. My name's Tom Marquis, El Presidente. We'll see you. Don't drink and drive. I'm out of here.
we Rockefellers We fly higher than weather And cheap lives are better You know me In anticipation for precipitation Stack chips with a rainy day Jay, Rain Man is back With little Miss Sunshine Rihanna, where you at? 